Oh my gosh. Hey, great, great way to pump us up, Anna. Thanks for the pep talk. Yeah, she is the worst. You guys are, you guys are going to the... be lacking without Louie. Really, really great way to run out on the field, coach. All right, now give it a go, fellas. You guys are at a severe detriment because no. the best piece is gone. Anna Get is at the it. world's worst hype man. I'll, I'll, it's just yeah. constant yeah. criticism. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. She... Listen, guys, I pull a lot of punches, listen, okay? I could be a lot harsher. Listen, I could really <laughs> drill you boys. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Don't you just wish in your heart of hearts? Uh, okay, all right, I'm going to bring us in. Ready, Jack? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Uncalled for. Uh, Justin, make that the intro. Justin, make that the intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode nine of the Let's Talk Fantasy Football podcast. We are here today to talk about week eight in the 12 pack. I'm here, your host TJ, here with my co host JR. JR, how you doing tonight? JR Let, I'm doing great. Exciting week of football. Excited to break it down. Expert analysis coming your way. Here we go. Tonight was insane. Oh my gosh. I am on such a high right now. I know you got to be as well. And then. Dude, tonight uh, rocked. Tonight. Monday night football. This is what fantasy football is all about. The best matchups come down to the Monday night game. And boy, did we have some, some nail biters this week. And it all went in the let's talk family direction. So great way to end the night. Great way to end the week. Yeah, yeah. We will get into those in just a moment. Uh,. Just out of control. Uh, you know, it was, a, it was a terrible football. I mean, it was a fine football game, but it was kind of boring. But there was so much at stake in our league that it was just so exciting. So, that, like you said, that's what fantasy football uh, brings to the table. So, uh, I actually want to start us off with a segment of Let's Guess. Let's guess, 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 let's guess. Yeah. Okay, so we're done with eight weeks. And that means we are exactly halfway through the fantasy football season, including the playoffs, uh, as Week 17 is not included in fantasy. I thought it would be appropriate for you to guess the top five players at each uh, position uh, for the first half of the year. Top five players at every position, huh? You're really just just quizzing me across the board? <laughs> we are, and we're just we're just gonna go we're going rapid fire. Okay, you're not thinking much. Uh, so we're going to do QB, then we're going to do running back, then we're going to do wide receiver, then we're going to do tight end. Are you ready? Yes. Yes, I am ready. I My prediction for myself is three out of five across the board. All right, he's going for, he's going for 60%. you got to love the ambition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trying to be realistic about this. Okay, QBs. Give me top. Give me five QBs right now that you think are the top five. And I will. I will say this. It, I'm going based on average score per week. So not total score. This is okay. average score per week, and I have excluded players that have missed multiple games, like three or four games. Got it. AKA Got like it. All right. Ryan Fitzpatrick. It does not count. Got like it. Those, Good t- to know. those types of guys. Okay. Good to know. Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Matt Ryan. Okay. Jared Goff. Okay. Um, ben Roethlisberger. Okay. And Cam Newton. Okay. Hey, man, I got good news for you. 
you nailed that three for five. You nailed it. Uh, <laughs> you got Mahomes, and you got Matt Ryan, uh, and then you got Cam Newton with that last guess. Nice. Uh, who, Jared Goff's not – I thought Jared Goff's been better than that. Jared Goff – I know you don't like Jared Goff, but Jared – I mean, the Rams' offense has just been so good this year. Jared Goff is, is still averaging 21-27 per week uh, in the uh, – Where does he rank? 10th. Really? Yeah. Wow, I was high on him. Yeah. I just – uh, Roethlisberger yeah. was at six, so you just missed out on him. Uh, the two that you didn't get, because uh, Ryan, Ryan's, it's Mahomes, Newton, Matt Ryan, and then Mitchell Trubisky comes in at fourth place. That's uh, wild. Yeah, I would have never guessed that. And then Andrew Luck rounds out the top five. Also would not have guessed that. <laughs> well, you nailed the three out of five. Where's Our, uh, where's where's Deshaun Watson? He's been he's had some monster games. Deshaun Watson's right at number twelve, rounding out the QB ones. All right, well, <laughs> could have done better. No, not better than your estimate. All right, running backs. <laughs> Give me five. Go. Um, First one's a Todd toughie. Gurley. Yeah, Todd Gurley. <laughs> Saquon Barkley. Um, James Conner. Uh, Melvin Gordon. And... Come on, dude. Uh, is it... James White? Am I, am I, is it ridiculous for me to say that? Is it James White? It's ridiculous for you to say that. Um, God, dude, you were so close. And you're going to be really, really pissed at yourself. Like, incredibly pissed at yourself. Because what the, I, did, I get, did I get four out of five? What? Yeah. Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley, James Conner, Melvin Gordon. Oh, is it my boy Kareem Hunt? No, dude. Oh, you, oh. I, this, is, this seemed so obvious to me. Oh. Yeah, come on. Uh, yeah, Anna's boy, Alvin Yeah, Chipmunk, yeah Alvin Kamara. Kamara, thank yeah. you. Dude, yeah, you, you could have gone five for five. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Mark Mark Ingram's clouded my judgment a little bit there, I guess. I know he's, but I shouldn't. He's still been ridiculous. Yeah, so it's Gurley, uh, Gordon, James Conner up to three after his massive week, then Kamara at four, and Barkley rounded out the five uh, for average points per week. Kareem Hunt is at six, so that was a good guess uh, by you. Where's James White? <laughs> he's at seven <laughs> okay I, the yeah. reason I said it was a bad guess is because you left out Kamara which okay, I know that you... was not a bad guess James White was a great guess and I only knew that because I saw it on Twitter tonight yeah. uh, that he was uh, it was just a short list of names and it was like those are the only people who are better than James White this year in fair, yeah, in, yeah. In James White is at uh, at seven and he's probably if it was a PPR like a full PPR league he's probably even higher so um yeah, All right, right, I'm feeling good about that. Feeling good about that. Yeah, you should. Um, and I am. I'm feeling not as confident going into the wide receivers, but I think I will stick to my three out of five proposition. Okay. Before I will, I'm, I've got, I've got two locked down for sure. And then I wanted to give you this stat real quick. Shouts to Adrian Peterson, who is the 12th ranked running back on the year right now. Honestly, shouts <laughs> for for Unbelievable. serious because Unbelievable. because. I can say I certainly didn't believe in that guy, and boy, is he proving the haters wrong. Oh my god! Drank from the fountain of youth, and he is in—he's in dad's fantasy football team 2010 form. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> right. just absolutely killer. Yeah. All right, let's move Coming on to the wide receivers. That's a, that's a while ago. Give me five. Um, give me five. Adam Thielen and Tyreek Hill are sitting atop the mountain. I am sure of that. Mm-hmm. Then I'm thinking my boy Yopkins over in Houston, my boy Antonio over in Pittsburgh, and 
my boy Emmanuel God with us at Denver. Sanders. Uh, okay, that's five guesses. You're right at the 60% threshold again, bro. Uh, Dude, absolutely. So Sanders uh, got bumped down. He is ninth. Uh, he had a mm-hmm. he had a, a bit of a down week, uh, even though he was in Kansas City, uh, did not. So he's down at nine. Uh, <sighs> I thought I sorry. Uh, yeah, that was a, that was a, that wasn't a great guess. That wasn't a great guess. That was your worst guess so far, which is pretty good considering, because uh, that's not that bad of a guess. Okay, so Thielen and 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 Hill, you knew. Uh, a B and is also and in there. No, uh, A B is in there at four at. Uh, at fourth, uh, eighteen oh two per game. Really, I was Hop- more confident in Hopkins than AB. Hopkins is, I mean, you're he's sixth, and he is sixth by you know. Oh my gosh! The length of or the width of a hair. Uh, Evans, Mike Evans, rounds out the top five at seventeen forty three per week, and Hopkins has seventeen thirty four per week. Uh, so he just missed the cut. Um, and then third is Louis' main man, Devontae Adams, 1871 per week. Wow. I didn't realize that. Good for good for Devontae. He's he's turned in. I mean, I remember, what is it, last season or two seasons ago when everyone was like, is he good? And he's good. I can confirm. <laughs> yep. We have confirmation. Uh, and then we're going to give another shouts to Deshaun Jackson, who is not a wide receiver one, but he is the 13th ranked wide receiver in the league and Anna took him in the last round one of the shout, best picks of the draft shouts no to Anna that. shouts to Deshaun Jackson who's still crushing it absolute shouts let's shout to Anna <laughs> and then all right you want to go for tight ends yeah I'm hurting for an Ertzen. okay I'm jealousy for a Kelsey very good I'm uh, uh I'm hurting for a Burton and uh, he'll trade you a pickle for a kittle. Okay. And is that five? That's four. No. And uh, I really don't know. The tight ends are so bad. Um, is it? Uh, this is a bad guess. Is it O.J. Howard? No, but that wasn't really a bad guess. Um, he's just really talented, but yeah, he's seven. So your boy Burton and Howard do not make the cut. They are uh, in sixth and seventh respectively, though. So Burton, oh damn. Um, yeah. Uh, so obviously you got Ertz and Kelsey. They're one and two. Uh, of course, Kittle. You got Kittlebrook, who nice. is five. So another three. You got. Th- we got. So let's see. What did you do? Three out of five. Three out of five. Three out of five. And four out of five. <laughs> Dude, you beat Dude. your you beat your projection. <laughs> Dude, absolutely crushed it. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so who you missed coming in at three is Eric Ebron, which we talked about him. Hmm. Would not have guessed that. Uh, and then four, he uh, he won't keep that up because Jack Doyle is devouring his targets. <clears throat> yes, we will. We will talk targets. about that when we get to Drew's team. But you are absolutely right. Um, and then four is Jared Cook. Oh man! Wow, the trade of the year, Jared Cook. We're gonna get into that trade uh, oh, in a little whatever, bit, dude. Uh, <laughs> I don't even want to hear this. You gonna let me do defenses, bro? <laughs> uh, no, I did not even no. bother to look up kickers or no. defenses. No, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, okay, 
great work. Great, that was fun. Great. Yeah, I hope fun. Uh, I hope the listeners were playing along, and I wonder wonder how how everyone else could do. I mean, I'm sure you could do better than than that, but I'm pretty pretty proud of the three out of five across the board, plus a four out of five. A few a few poor guesses in there, but to me, um, I mean. Honestly, after the research I had done to prepare for this segment, I could have absolutely nailed every single one of these guesses. Well, you should be extremely proud of that. <laughs> uh, um, and the largest, loudest um of all. Let's get into the first matchup. I'm itching, dude. I'm okay. absolutely itching. You're itching for a stitching? I'm itching for a stitching. Oh, speaking of stitching, Kyle and Scott's matchup, so you better... Stitch your eyes closed after having to look at this bleeder. Am I right? <laughs> Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. We got the first matchup of the week. Kyle versus Scott. Scott needed a win in a major way. He pulls out the victory, taking down Kyle with a score of 14,090. Kyle is a down week with only 11,592. Scott, we've talked about his team it was not looking good for him at 2-5 and five, all the way in last. He absolutely needed to win this week, and his team shows up big. What do you like, Jack? Let's talk difference makers. Let's talk difference makers. For me, from JR's perspective, I think the difference maker in this matchup was a man by the name of Sammy Watkins. Absolutely. Goes out and gets two touchdowns for 107 yards and eight receptions. And I'll tell you one thing, Scott. You better be excited about this performance. You better be even more excited, my friend, because Tyreek Hill, strange his groin. Yep. Tyreek Hill, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be sidelined for probably a week, maybe two weeks. I don't know. I, I just don't see them rushing him back from a groin strain. That's something that you do not want to. You don't, you don't play around You with don't that. want to rush someone back with. So good news is Sammy Watkins, this might not be an outlier here. He could have some, some massive weeks getting the targets that are going away from Hill. Over the next couple weeks, they're going against the Browns and the Cardinals. So, uh, yeah. You're saying fire up your Sammy Watkins. <laughs> I'm, sa- I'm saying load up your Sammy Watkins and and fire. Fire away, fire away, in the words of Sia. Absolutely amazing performance from him, and it'll keep coming. John Brown was a big disappointment, but I don't see that continuing. I think it was just, I don't know. The Panthers played good defense, I guess. I just John Brown's he's you're you're starting him every week. That's my, that's my only point. David Johnson and Carry on Johnson, the Johnson twins getting twelve hundred and twelve ten respectively. <laughs> I love the synchrony. I love the harmony between those two guys. He needs to change his really name. Gotta, to change his name to Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Yes, a family company. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I mean Scott. Scott's got to be disappointed again by Gronk's week, but. Can't really expect much. I don't know. That's sort of been the norm this season. Jared Goff with a big week. You heard me guess that he was a top five quarterback, so I clearly believe in him. I just want a part of that Rams offense, so I think Scott can keep starting Jared Goff for the foreseeable future. You don't think he's matchup dependent? I mean, it was an incredible matchup against the Packers. I think you... I think you start Jared Goff in his next three matchups against the Saints, Seahawks, and Chiefs. Fair enough, absolutely. Fire away, fire away. Week, so fire away, fire away. So yeah, I mean, I won't spend too much more time on Scott's week. He got some solid performances on his bench from Wendell Smallwood and D.D. Westbrook. Jordy Nelson is the disappointment on his bench with only one reception in Amari Cooper's absence. Brandon LaFell ended up coming in and getting all of Amari Cooper's out of snaps nowhere. out of nowhere. So that was surprising. Scott's got to be disappointed. But 
massive win, great team performance, just solid from top to bottom, except for a few minor duds, but nothing major to worry about. I think Scott can feel good. And Kyle, on the other hand, he had some he had some holes. I mean, he didn't have the worst week, but definitely needed more production from both his running backs and his wide receivers. And then on the bottom of the board with his kicker and defense, tell me, break down Kyle's team for me. So yeah, this is this is the down week that uh, Kyle's had this a few times this year. Well, mostly being really good, he's uh, his team is not impervious to a down week, uh, as has been uh, as is the example for this week. Mahomes. I mean, you can't say enough about him putting up 2,700. <laughs> feels like a down week for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Thielen, eighth straight game in a row with over 100 yards. Lost a crucial fumble, which wasn't wasn't great for his team, but didn't matter fantasy-wise. He still put up 1930. Robert Woods with just a decent game. Josh Gordon has a disappointing game with 620 only. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, the, the big – so two big things that I see are Jalen Richard puts up 1040. Uh, both him and Doug Martin honestly look like serviceable plays potentially uh, moving forward, depending on matchups. So Kyle and I made a trade. He got LaShawn McCoy, and I got Geronimo Allison. LaShawn McCoy has a great week for him with 1250. I was he was in the concussion protocol. I thought he might not play, and so I wanted to unload LaShawn McCoy because I knew Kyle could take the hit of not starting McCoy this week. I could not. And I didn't have a backup plan for him because Kyle had picked up Chris Ivory. Um, and then I wanted Geronimo Allison for this matchup. It didn't turn out to be a good call. I thought it was going to be a very high-scoring game, a lot of passes thrown. So I wanted Allison for this week. It didn't work out. So Kyle took ages to accept this trade. I felt like I was taking a huge risk and that this was an absolute no-brainer for Kyle. And to me, this, the fact that Kyle took like, I don't know, felt like 48 hours after he and I had talked and he said he would do the deal. Uh, he then retroactively was like, wait a second, I'm going to think about it. I want to wait for more news. I, I think LaShawn McCoy is going to miss the rest of the season potentially, which is just outlandish. He, he finally accepts the trade. And the fact that he was hesitant about this trade is the epitome of Kyle being just ridiculously unimaginably weird in evaluating trades. Kyle has He's Kyle has four first. wide receivers that are better than Geronimo Allison. And he is currently starting Frank fucking Gore in his running back position. And he has to think about trading for LaShawn McCoy. It's lunacy. Absolute lunacy to me. Go ahead. You were going to say? A kid, this is a kid's podcast. We're going to need to edit out. <laughs> Frank Gore. Frank Gore. Okay, Justin Justin can do that in post. Uh, I I think you're right. No, I was just, Kyle's hard-pressed is all I was going to say. He's hard-pressed to do a trade with. I understand your perspective, and I agree. I told you I thought it was absolutely a beneficial trade to Kyle, and I wouldn't do it if I were you, meaning that, from Kyle's perspective, with how desperate he is for a running back, I mean, you nailed it. You nailed the take. So, not a hot take, just a accurate take, and Kyle made the trade. So, kudos to him, but you let it sit there, and... I wanted to I, I wanted to just pull the, the deal. I, I just wanted to... I wish you would have. I wish you would I have. I really, I but... really, he was really grinding my gears. I really wanted to just pull the trade and just be like, I'm done. I'm just done. Because I was. Uh, but, 
again, I was unsure if McCoy was going to play, and I really needed someone for this week. I really wanted to get the win this week. Um, Great. So. Well, enough about these bozos, dude. Yeah, okay? but, but Kyle, mean? with the addition of LaShawn McCoy, looks better at the running back position. I'm, I apologize to the rest of the league for that, uh, but a down week for him. He's still in great shape. Five and three, he's in first place. Scott moves up to three and five, and things are looking a little bit better for him. He's still in last, but he's still right in the thick of it with uh, with everyone else. So uh, let's move on to the next matchup, and that's going to be Louis Sr. versus Louis Jr., the matchup of the namesakes. And Louis Jr., Mr. Stubchub, takes down Lou Sr., uh, 11,972 to 11,608. This was one of the three matchups that really came down to it uh, with the Monday night game. And this was, I mean, it was incredibly exciting. Louis was down. He needed about 1,700 from James White to take down Dad. And it was close. Louis was about 300 down. And Tom Brady threw a pass to Chris Hogan to the one-yard line. And then James White punched it in. He got the touchdown. It were They were his last points of the night. Uh, it was really crazy because Chris Hogan almost gets in. And that was the last touchdown the Patriots had scored. And so James White could have not gotten it done, uh, certainly if he hadn't gotten that touchdown. So you want to talk about Louis' team or you want to talk about Dad's team? I want to talk about both because the Battle of the Louis truly did not live up to expectations. No, it did not. I let's talk difference makers. Let's talk difference makers. I think the difference makers in this matchup, you look at the helm. I don't know how Louie got 2,300 points out of Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson threw 17 passes and (laughs) attempted 17 passes and got 2342 points think about that he he, he turned those 17 passes into three touchdowns and 250 yards and also had 15 rushing yards but no that was and big ben only getting 1788 against cleveland i mean that for me was that was the surprise there louis got louis wins the quarterback matchup in a clear should be quarterback loss for him and yeah. that was that was the difference. That was huge. That yeah, that difference. I'm glad you pointed that out because that is massive. You certainly don't expect Russell Wilson uh, to outscore Ben Roethlisberger with those matchups. And they both got they both got the performances from the Tylers that they needed. Louis with Tyler Lockett getting 12-10, and Dad with Tyler Boyd getting 24-10. So there wasn't huge differences in the wide receiver field. And then big game from James White for Louis. Big game from Philip Lindsay for Dad. And mediocre games for Nick Chubb and Alec Collins, respectively. So I, I see the quarterback position really being the difference there. I mean, you can look at the tight end, but Dad got a big old goose egg from Njoku, which is is tough. I don't really have an explanation for that. Zero targets in the game. Uh, that's just the story of tight ends this year, I guess. Yeah, I mean... I mean, tight Trey ends... Burton going out and only getting 320 for me. I mean, you look over on Louis' side... Jimmy Graham only gets 260, only one reception for 20 yards. So can't say that's the difference because, I mean, essentially that's nil-nil. Yeah, I mean, tight ends have been a – tight ends were crazy bad this week. Like you said, Trey Burton was also bad. Someone else as well, uh, on top of Njoku and Graham, had a really bad week. And, yeah, it's just been, it's been a weird year for tight ends. So, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. The big difference was, was the quarterback position – 
Uh, Stefan Diggs had a huge game for Dad, 2290, 119 receiving yards and a touchdown, which really gave him a good chance going into the Monday night game. But uh, James White prevailed. Uh, I can say I was personally targeting Stefan Diggs in a trade this week, so I was not surprised with the performance he got, but huge, huge performance. And it's just insane the numbers that Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs are putting up side by side. Kirk Cousins proving himself, I suppose, as the $30 million quarterback that they signed him as. What do you, I don't know, like, are you, were you also trying to target Diggs? Are you, are you worried about Diggs with Thielen also in that offense? And then no. Sanders on Denver only getting seven ten. I guess what I'm asking you overall is dad's wide receivers. We've been gushing over them all season. Are you still as confident in all of them? Yeah. I mean, Diggs, I think I, I wasn't going after Diggs just because I don't really have the right package to offer dad for a receiver like Diggs. I don't, I don't have the running backs, the mo the plethora of, of awesome running backs that you have that you could uh, package for dad. So, but I was trying to get Tyler Boyd for this week. Uh, and dad turned me down cause he's a jerk, but, um, Tyler Boyd had such a juicy matchup. I wanted him and Diggs. I think was the perfect buy low candidate for you because he had been getting the targets. He had just had a couple down weeks and no, I, I think Diggs, you fire him up, uh, in obviously every week and depending on matchups, he's going to go off for you. So, I mean, Sanders against Kansas city, it's kind of, unexplainable, especially with how bad Kansas City's defense has been and how good Sanders has been. You would think he would have a massive week. So that's a, I mean, that's got to be the biggest disappointment for Dad. I think somehow, even with Joker getting zero, Sanders with only 7-10 is even more disappointing somehow. Uh, so, yeah, and you can't, in every good fantasy analysis, you got to mention the kicker position. Mason Crosby getting 1,400 for Louie and Matt Prater only getting 200 for Dad. You know, just a bad play by Dad and a great play by <laughs> Louie. I think they were both, they both studied this one hard. Yeah. And, oh wait, no. They both just put whoever out there, because who cares about kickers, and it's just luck who gets more points. Cool. Okay, never mind. So that, I mean, you brought that up, and I didn't really even notice that the gap was that wide. I mean, that's the huge difference right there, right? The 1,200 between the kickers, <laughs> that is, yeah. that's massive. Yeah. And that dad, yep. that was too much for dad to overcome. I mean, honestly, Louis picked, and to Louis's credit, Louis picked up Mason Crosby because of this matchup with the Rams. So a little bit, I mean, obviously you still have to get lucky. It's always going to be luck-based, with, especially with kickers. Uh, it just depends on if the offense stalls in the right area of the field. But Louis knew they'd be putting up a lot of points, and uh, he was rewarded with that. And obviously, Dad, just really, really unlucky to get 200 from Matt Prater, obviously. But, uh, no, I still love Dad's receivers. He, I think Njoku's fine. I, I, like you said, kind of unexplainable. Don't know what that was. Uh, so, and, you know, Philip Lindsay, great. As you get like, coming back from the bye, Alex Collins still decent. So, no, I still really like Dad's team. Great. So, we both like Dad's team. I want to know how you feel about Louis' team. He gets a really, really important win. A loss would have been not, I mean, not terrible, but he would have dropped to three and five. Instead, he moves up to four and four. He's got the tiebreaker over a lot of teams. You look at his roster. Right now, outside of Tyler Lockett, he is not great at the wide receiver spot. But outside of that, I really like his team. I mean, just to, what, what do you think about Jimmy Graham? I don't think 
I think Jimmy Graham is right in there with the 10 other guys who are tier two tight ends that get a good week if they get a cut, if they catch a touchdown and don't get a good week if they don't catch a touchdown. I mean, tight ends are just really hard. It's just, it's just Zach Ertz and Travis Kelsey if you're talking consistent tight ends. And then the rest of them are just guys. I mean, some are better than others if you're talking the, the Kittles and the Burtons. But I think, I think Jimmy Graham is in the tier of dudes who just needs to catch a touchdown. Otherwise, he's not really... I mean, I know he only has one touchdown this year, but, like, he the, just... Yeah, for... I, I don't think he's been good enough. Yeah, the the disappointing thing for Louie is, and it's you kind of alluded to it when we were talking about Allison earlier, like, Graham was really good when Allison and Cobb were out. Uh, and now that they're back, it's... We thought we say this phrase a lot, but there are a lot of mouths to feed, and you worry now that yeah Graham will become the type of tight end where if he doesn't get a touchdown, he's going to disappoint you most weeks. So, and I don't believe in Russell Wilson, so I I think that's a hole on Louis's team. <laughs> I don't. I mean, you can keep saying that, man, but I'm telling you, Russell Wilson's going to keep proving you wrong. He's he's amazing as a fantasy player, and he's been. They love running the ball this year, dude. I know. The new offensive coordinator, they I love know. running the ball. They do, but they're going to start, if you look at the Seahawks' schedule, they're going to start getting some matchups where I think they're going to be forced, and if they want to win, they're going to be forced to not run because they're going to be playing from behind, and Russell Wilson's going to get unleashed. So, wow. I'll, I'll tell you what. Yeah. Melvin Gordon coming back. Louis, Louis is ridiculous at the running back exactly. position. Exactly. He is. James White and Melvin Gore. I mean, James White, obviously, with the injuries that the Patriots have had, I think Michelle might even come back next week, but that really doesn't hurt James White. It doesn't really, yeah. At I all. mean, no. Louis, Louis, choosing, Louis starting Nick Chubb at flex, which is, I mean, that's a starting running back at your flex position until Dalvin Cook gets back. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, it's not a bad position to be in, but I do, I, I'm not confident in his quarterback. I'm not confident in. His wide receiving core. I, I mean, think I think I said his only wide receiver was Tyler Lockett. Obviously, that is a huge mistake. Uh, you got Devontae Adams in the flex for this week because uh, of the timings of the game. So with Tyler Lockett and Devontae Adams, that's a good wide receiver one yeah. and a wide receiver two. It's just the wide yeah. receiver three that's got me worried right now. Yeah. Well, so, so I think wide receiver three and tight end, right? Uh, otherwise, uh, for you, it's Russell Wilson. But for me, I don't worry about that. Especially because... The quarterback is such a streamable option. In bad matchups, Louis will. Uh, I trust him to yeah, make. Yeah, right I'm decision. just as long as he does that. I'm worried Louis won't pivot, and Russell Wilson will cost him some weeks. All right, but uh, yeah, cool. Well, I, I like I like both of these teams to make the playoffs, so uh, I think that's where they stand. Louis at four and four. I think I think he can easily finish the season three and two at least, get to seven and six, and squeeze into the playoffs. And Dad just has to not totally collapse so uh want to move on to the next matchup yeah brian and anna battle of the what do they have in common the cousins yeah absolutely that's that's not very interesting but we'll go with battle of the cousins very unheard of battle in this league and (laughs) anna takes down brian 12,592 to 11,270 anna evening out her record coming to four and four brian with the loss now five and three sitting in decent position let's talk difference makers tommy what i would do you love think to. was the difference maker in this matchup 
The difference maker in this matchup is immediately evident. It's at the top of both of their rosters. You got the quarterback position where Anna absolutely torched Brian. Deshaun Watson puts up 3,096 to Drew Brees' 780. Case closed. That's the matchup right there. I don't need to look at anything else. Uh, my gosh. He Five get, passing touchdowns for Deshaun Watson. On 20 pass attempts. Wow. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. He wow. Threw, he oh, threw that's a, some he, Russell Wilson stuff. He threw a touchdown once. Every five passes. Sorry, once My every goodness. four passes. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, so, yeah, that's, you, I mean that's it right there. That's the that's the matchup. The other that's the, the other huge thing was he, uh, Baltimore just absolutely laying not even a goose egg negative two hundred. I mean that's a that's tough to do, and with Jacksonville putting up a decent week, that's another fifteen hundred point swing. So between that and the quarterback position, I mean it was just much too much to overcome for Brian. Yeah, got to be disappointed. Baltimore being the best defense in the league to get you negative points. That one hurts for sure. You know what else hurts? Kenny Galladay. I know personally, insider insider news here. Anna, you know, the manager of Dwell Football, she's getting fed up with Galladay. There's some tension in that locker room. I think Anna is really starting to say, Kenny, you going to start producing or I need to ship you off? And I know she would never say that to him, but I think... I think Dwell Football is getting to the point where they've got their Deshaun Jacksons. You know, they've got their Alvin Kamaras. They've got their Deshaun Watsons. I'm not sure if they've got their Kenny Galladay's. <laughs> they need Kenny Galladay to be the guy. I mean, Kenny Galladay's needs to be serving as a wide receiver two, wide receiver three for Anna. I it, just I just don't know if she can hold on to him. Uh, I, I, I want to know what you think Anna should do with Kenny Galladay. And then similarly... I look at Brian's team, and I I just, what does he need to do at the wide receiver position to to have some consistency? Because I don't think starting Chester Rogers is an option. So, for Galladay, for Anna right now, you hold on to him. And I, I say, I mean, I think she starts him next week. It's tough. I would say, I mean, you don't drop him, obviously. Right now, I mean, what can you trade him for? He's got. He's had two abysmal weeks. So you'd yeah. be selling super low, which you don't yeah. want to do. And so for me, you hold him. If you want to bench him, fine, but definitely hold on to him. But it's concerning. After the bye week, you know, he was so good before their bye week. The first five weeks, he was tremendous, getting a lot of targets. Never got under four targets a game. Uh, even had as high as nine targets in one game. And coming out of the bye week, he gets two targets. In the first game and one target this week. So that, I mean, that is just very confusing to me. It's just, it's a two-week stretch. And so you give him more time and you hope he turns. You definitely can't drop him. You You can't drop him. No, obviously you don't drop him. And I don't, I wouldn't even bench him because it, It 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 could be his week next week. It was rumored that the Lions are open to trading Golden Tate away. Sure. I mean, why not? You got Kenny Galladay there. Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones so as your as that your, would be, as your two wide receiver sets. That would be big for Kenny Galladay. That would be huge for Kenny Galladay. So yeah, he's been super disappointing, but I think you keep riding with him. Uh, to me, Ingram is is a much is a larger concern than Galladay just because of how bad the Giants have been. Ingram ended with eleven hundred, but he was that was a very lucky garbage touchdown at the end. Uh, and then probably the biggest concern for Anna is that right now. 
She doesn't have any confidence anywhere for a running back two on her roster. She only yeah. has Isaiah Crowell, Mike Davis, and Giovanni Bernard. Now, Eckler, she traded for him, so hopefully coming off a bye, uh, he, he keeps up his insane production with his limited touches. I mean, that's the guy that, for now, she's starting at the running back two spot, and so hopefully he can keep that up. Uh, but then, of course, she's got a, her flex option to worry about. But a very, what very, about... very good week for Anna. After three down weeks, she bounces back with 12,500. So uh, great for her. And then, just... and then your question about Brian's team. I mean, obviously, Trester Rogers was a desperation play after Allen Robinson was ruled out. As far as consistency at the wide receiver position, I mean, he's starting Juju Smith-Schuster every week. So you're really only talking about the wide receiver three. And Allen Robinson is not going to be consistent. So, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, he's going to, he's going to, Brian doesn't make changes really. He, he sticks with his guys. I mean, his, the roster he drafts and the roster that plays in his last week is so much more similar than anyone else's in yeah. the league. No, you look at, you look at Brian and Anna's teams and you get, you get very similar managers, guys that stick by the guys in their clubhouse Anna Anna's more of the tough love character. Well, well she'll she, I mean she knows she'll let Kenny know she's not happy with him, but Kenny knows he's got a home in Dwell football. <laughs> and I think Bob Loblaw's characters characters, huh? It's a video game, huh? <laughs> uh Bob Loblaw's roster members, club members, team members, they feel the same way. I mean, these are two veteran coaches who care for their guys, and I think both of them things are looking up. I think you're looking at two playoff teams here. Yeah, certainly, certainly for Brian at five and three, it's going to be tough for him to miss out on the playoffs. He is, he, he hasn't scored a lot of points this year, so I I think he's in third place. But of the top three teams, he is definitely the most vulnerable to miss out on the playoffs. But I do think he gets in. I mean, he's got AP, who we talked about earlier, who has just been a beast, and Jordan Howard bounced back with a good game. Kenyon Drake had another great game. Still limited touches, so he's without the big play. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think they're both looking good, and they will both have a very good shot at making the playoffs, absolutely. Let's move on to the next matchup. Yours, Tommy, the legendary Tommy, versus Drew. A battle of my ball, Zach Ertz, versus Toilet Soup. Tommy takes down Drew, 13,524 to Drew's 13,010. Close matchup, came down to Monday night, and Tommy got the victory. Tommy, how was it watching the Monday night game, seeing Tom Brady rack up points, but seeing it plateau with that glorious defensive touchdown, which we'll talk about later when we come to my team. Just take me through the emotions of tonight, and also take me through what you saw of Drew's team this week. So, yeah, I mean, my emotions were all over the place. I, after the Sunday night game ended, and I was only up by, I was up by 1890. So he needed 1900 from Brady to beat me. I was up 1890. I saw that he had Tom Brady left. I really did not think that was going to be enough. Felt like, for sure, an over 2,000 point game for Tom Brady this week. And... Throughout the game, he was getting a lot of yards early, but they managed to keep him out of the end zone. I was loving that. And then it came down. What really, what solidified my win 
was the play that we mentioned earlier where Tom Brady threw it to Chris Hogan and he went out of bounds at the one instead of scoring. If Chris Hogan scores that touchdown, uh, it becomes like less than a 100-point game between the two of us. So that happening and then James White scoring directly after, getting the two-possession lead, at that point I was feeling really good. And like you said, the pick six sealed the deal. Uh, for Tom Brady, only put up 13.76. Incredibly unlucky for Drew. Incredibly lucky for me. Such as fantasy football, I'm I'm flying high right now on cloud nine. Feels great to be five and three. Move up to fourth place. Uh, consider myself very lucky to get this win. Even though I put up a good week, I could have very easily lost. Uh, so I'm feeling good. You should be, dude. I mean, a huge win. Scary watching the game. Both of us were on edge, but I'm glad you pulled it out. Yeah, thanks. You know, I had... So, you want to talk about my team? Dude, well, team me up. Team me up here. Okay, so you look over at my team, and I had a tremendous week. And my wide receivers let me down in such a massive way. I can't even... If I would have lost this week, that, that would have been... That would have been it. That would have been the deal. That would have been what I was would fume about the entire week was Doug Baldwin only putting up 360. Don't even get me started on Doug Baldwin. First of all, he had a touchdown that he should have absolutely caught and gotten both feet in bounds. Uh, like a moron, he took like a yard and a half step and just stepped out of bounds on his second step. Yeah, that didn't make him look great. No, that was, t- that was like one of the worst things I've ever seen Doug Baldwin do. Gabriel is 720. I'm actually fine with that. He's my flex option. So that's cool with me. Geronimo Allison, supremely disappointing. Gets one target, one catch, 190 points. If I would have lost and had Allison, the Allison versus McCoy trade been the difference as well, that would have been devastating. But I avoid all that, and I get a Awesome performance from James, James Conner, 35-70. Lamar Miller, 1930. He, I mean, James Conner won you your week, man. Absolutely. What, what a performance. Absolutely. And so, I don't know, all of a sudden... So here, here's what I think. Jameis Winston obviously got pulled. Not going to be starting him anymore. Uh, I like my running backs right now. I'm nervous about Le'Veon Bell coming back. And I and Michael Thomas is not the high end wide receiver one. I thought he was going to be. He is more of a low end wide receiver one. What do I have to feel good about? Obviously, apart from my five and three record, which I'm lucky to have, this roster does it have? Does it really? Ha- I don't know that it has potential to win a championship. Right now, looking at your roster, it's certainly not a championship team. I mean, the, yeah, I think that's a fair take. But you've got plenty of bright spots, and and if I mean hit the waiver wire, you know, things happen. Here's what I'll say. Tevin Coleman needs to get better for you, and he could. Yeah. If yeah. Devontae Freeman, I mean, he's he's out, right? Like yeah. All, all year? Yeah, I mean, and, at best he comes back one of the last few weeks of the season, which... Yeah, he, so, I mean, Tevin Coleman needs to buck up and be an RB1 for you, you know what I mean? And and if that's the case, then, like, you, you won't really, I mean... I think you have enough at the wide receiver position to survive if you can really have the running back power of I I don't know I think you'll be able to I guess the Pittsburgh situation is so scary but I think something will either work itself out where either A they're both getting enough that you can play them both or B 
there it settles itself out so like Le'Veon is getting all the work or vice versa or they trade they trade Le'Veon I don't know I just you've got a lot of talent at the running back position and I don't think your wide receivers are I think Taylor Gabriel is a consistent wide receiver three for you and I think Michael Thomas is a consistent wide receiver one for you I'm not sold on Doug Baldwin he might not be the solution for you this year so I just think I really needed him to work out yeah, yeah, you did, and he didn't. And I, I don't know if that's premature, but I'm just not optimistic about him. No, there's no absolutely no reason to be optimistic. Russell Wilson, as we mentioned, is not throwing the ball at all. Uh, he's not getting the targets. So, yeah, I, he's clearly not himself, and I guess that's why they're staying away from him, and he's more so using him as a decoy. But, no, until further notice, Doug Baldwin is not working out for me and then it's a giant giant if if Allison can be uh, a semi-consistent start of a wide receiver for me so well hey dude you are five and three so yeah I'm very lucky to be five and three that makes me feel that's good. pretty wild and I, I would feel wild. so much better if I just knew like if Le'Veon Bell I wish Le'Veon Bell didn't exist because James Conner is a such a pimp he yeah. he's got a three straight games of over 100 yards rushing and two rushing touchdowns three straight yeah he's a baller he's a baller you know who else was a baller? Will Fuller. Yeah. And it is such a shame for Drew. Huge hit to, for Drew. To lose him and and a hit for Will Fuller. I mean, you feel bad, You feel so bad for the guy. One of the fastest, most talented wide receivers in the league. And he just can't stay healthy. I mean, no. when he's been in, the dude has been so good. So good. I mean, yeah. that passing attack with both DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller on the field is... I, I That might be bar none the best duo in the league i i would think is that is that ridiculous to say i mean maybe antonio brown and juju smith schuster um maybe adam thielen and stefan diggs but it's it's up there yeah for being. sure and it's it's a shame it's a shame for for him to go down a huge loss for drew's team odell beckham putting up a big week he's consistent and solid as the wide receiver one i mentioned golden tate might get traded that could shake things up for drew's team i don't know in the positive or negative direction probably positive if a team's going to be going for him, that's probably going to be their number one or two guy. I think, I mean, Drew, what has he, what is the gold mine he has found in Tariq Cohen? Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Truly, no other word to describe it. Another massive week for Tariq with 70 receiving yards, a receiving touchdown, and 40 rushing yards. Drew's team, even though he took a loss this week and it'll move to four and four, his team's still looking pretty solid. I. I, he'll, he needs to wait for Sony Michelle to come back. Chris Thompson is a question mark right now, but I think he could start. They're playing the Falcons next week and then Tampa Bay. Yeah. So those are those could be two massive weeks for Chris Thompson. I I think Drew could pull off a few wins in the coming weeks. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I I, I think you're right. The the biggest what really sucks is you talked about the Will Fuller. I mean that is so devastating. With Will Fuller, Golden Tate, and Odell Beckham, that is a really, really solid wide receiving core. And now he's got a massive hole at his wide receiver three, which really sucks. Um, so that 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 that's a real downer for Drew. But outside of that, yeah, I mean, I think there was talk that Sonny Michel, it's possible he'll come back next week. And if he can come back and be great, with Tyree Cohen being what he has been, yeah, I, I mean, his running backs are really solid and... The slight concern with Ebron, he might need to pivot off of him. I mean, yeah, I I think he I think he definitely needs to pivot off of him. I mean, well, I guess I shouldn't say definitely. Ebron is now a touch touchdown dependent tight end. Jack Doyle, yeah, has come in and taken the the lead rollback 
So Ebron isn't going to be putting up numbers he's been putting up in Doyle's absence. Right. But the good news is that he's got Olsen, who is back and seems healthy enough uh, to be a startable tight end. So he put up 1360 on Drew's bench. So if he's not feeling good about Ebron, just put Olsen in, and Olsen should be pretty decent uh, as long as he can stay healthy. That is a big if with him. But, yeah, Drew's team, is, he's got five weeks in a row of, of either really solid or really, really good weeks. So his team has definitely turned it around, uh, minus the underwhelming performance from Tom Brady. If he had gotten what Tom Brady normally does, he'd have a victory. So you still got to be feeling really good about Drew's team, absolutely. Awesome. Let's move on to the next matchup. Greg took down Daniel with a massive 15,776 against Daniel's 10,716. Dan the man getting pummeled this season. And this week, you know, only putting 10,000, he deserves the loss. But in weeks prior, Dan's, Dan's been consistently getting hit with numbers like this. And on the receiving end of some monster performances, Greg's week this week is no exception. Cam Newton... My goodness. Mike Evans. My goodness. Todd Gurley. My goodness. Jared Cook. My goodness. You might recognize all those names from the beginning of the Let's Guess segment. I mean, Greg's sitting on some powerhouses, and then he's got some gaps. But, but I mean, are you with me here that he's got a really one of the truly strongest cores in the league? Absolutely. We gave him some crap for Mike Evans, the Mike Evans draft pick. Uh, at this point, he's been good enough. No matter what happens second half of the season, I do have to apologize to Greg uh, because right now he's ahead of, of Mike Thomas as far as average points per game. So it's not by a lot, but Mike Evans has Let definitely jumped in. Enough. Sorry to cut you off. Let me jump in. I want to. I'm glad you said that because that's so true. I, I was very low on Mike Evans. So I. Was completely wrong about him. Great pick by Greg, and I'm glad he I'm glad he worked out, and I'm glad Mike Evans is having some success because that guy's been super talented. I was not low on him for anything to do with talent. I just didn't believe in Tampa Bay, and I wasn't I wasn't wrong about Jameis Winston, but Ryan Fitzpatrick has been pretty great for Mike Evans. <laughs> yeah, I, and Ryan Fitzpatrick has been named the starter. That is absolutely phenomenal from both Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson. So yeah, I, if Fitzpatrick remains the quarterback. I think there's no doubt Mike Evans ends as a top 10 wide receiver. So Yeah, oh, no doubt. So, yeah, I mean, Cam Newton has been insane. Todd Gurley has been insane. Mike Evans has been really, really good. And, yeah, his core, he he has such a dependable core as far as points you can expect. I mean, you literally can expect at least 2,800 points from Todd Gurley. And right now you can expect at least 2,400 from Cam Newton. That right there is enough, and then you bring in Mike Evans, who has been really, really good and scoring over 2,000 per week. It doesn't, the, the the small holes in this roster don't matter at all. I mean, shout out to Greg for, he played Christian Kirk, who got 1,170, and Willie Sneed, who got 790. Those were both late in the week waiver wire pickups, and kudos to him. That's what we love to see. Uh, two great choices. They worked out tremendously. Uh, and honestly, Chris Godwin, with Fitzpatrick being the the quarterback there, I think he can be a semi-dependable option as well. I think he can start Evans and Godwin. Their defense is so bad. Uh, and then Mark Ingram is going to be a steady force as that running back two who will get you, you know, some, some weeks he'll be a running back one and some weeks he'll be a running back two, but he's going to be really solid. And then Jared Cook, 
Now, I'm not saying Greg got the better end of the deal because I still think, obviously, I love having Zach Ertz. He is so good. But with Amari Cooper gone, it was a really great matchup for Jared Cook. Dude, but get lost. It was a really great matchup for Jared Cook. Indianapolis has a soft defense, so I'm not saying this is going to be every week for Jared Cook. Hey, Tommy, but I got a, I got a, I got a rebuttal from the league. <laughs> but that's from Dan. That's from that's from Doctor Mister Dombrowski because he's shared some sharp words with me about what he thought about that Ertz trade. I'll tell you one thing. Jared Cook remains the fourth overall tight end in the league, and I really don't see his production dropping off that much with the departure of Amari Cooper. Okay. And so all of a sudden, Greg looks like he has a really good team, despite the wide receiver three hole, despite the flex hole. I mean, he, he's got a solid kicker in Gaskowski who he can play every week. And yeah, if he can, he's just got to find either plug and play based on matchups every week or try and find some guys. But I think Greg at four and four, he's looking poised to make the playoffs. And anyone that has Todd Gurley in the playoffs is a threat to win the championship. So uh, it's looking really good for Greg right now. Dan's team really was a letdown this week. Yeah, big time. We, Especially we... at the wide receiver position, where he's usually so strong. Didn't break a 1,000, even in the flex position. Really just an abysmal performance from those guys. Tyreek Hill with 9.10, Jarvis Landry with 7.90, T.Y. Hilton with the most disappointing performance, only one catch for 34 yards. And Devin Funches with only three catches for 27 yards. I mean, you're not going to win with, with the wide receiver totals like that. Even even with Saquon Barkley and Chris Carson showing up with 15-60 and 19-40 respectively, really great to see that from Chris Carson, by the way. Disappointing from Saquon, even though it's a good week. It was Saquon's worst week of the year. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. That's so funny. Yeah, that's not surprising. I mean, yeah, disappointing from Saquon, but you can't... You can't really blame that when you're looking at the, those wide receiver totals. I mean, Dan basically got three good performances, four if you include his defense, and everyone else was was very subpar. So there was no shot he was going to win this week. And there's no there's no sunlight coming from his bench either. Corey Clement with only 168. That dude is a, is not a part of that running back offense in Philadelphia. You you swung and a miss on that man. You. You were blaming Scott for picking up Wendell Smallwood. I mean, I was right there with you, but so we, yeah, we did not see this coming. Corey Clement is just—he's behind Josh Adams, the rookie now. And yeah, Carlos I mean, that's Hyde that's one that's, that's one game he's been behind Josh Adams. Now, I, I completely agree. Right now, I don't want to touch any Philadelphia running back. I mean, even Wendell no. Smallwood, who had no. a good week because he got a yeah. touchdown. Nobody is getting the proper amount of touches to be dependable as a fantasy start. So I want nothing to do with any of them for the time being. I think Corey Clement can be a hold for now, potentially if, you know, because he doesn't have, he's not great at the running back spot. So I wouldn't advise dropping Corey Clement just because that offense uh, can usually run pretty well. So, but yeah, not startable. I don't know that any of them are startable right now. Carlos Hyde, terrible debut for the Jacksonville Jaguars. 11 rushing yards. That is so disappointing to see from Dan. I mean, only six carries, but still, dude, less than two yards a carry. That's not a great debut. No, it's awful. And for Dan, you hope that either one of two things happens. Chris Carson actually becomes dependable and a a decent start of the running back, too. Or Carlos Hyde comes out next week. I mean, Carlos Hyde will be very matchup dependent at 
best. And even then, even in the good matchups, it's it's still to be determined if he's even close to being startable. So he's got some big question marks. I mean, generally, overall, he's still fine at the wide receiver position. What sucks for him is, as you mentioned, the, the groin strain from Tyreek, the freak. That is not something Dan can tolerate right now because that is absolutely one of his strongest it's his it's definitely his strongest position and he's really going to need a win next week dropping to three and five so I just really hope he can pull it together I don't know who he's playing at even but Dan's luck the past two years is what you is what you absolutely hate about fantasy football he is by far the most points scored against and we documented it very well last year. Dan had an absolutely insane team. And he started off, it was, it was like 0-5 or 0-6, and he was like one of the highest scoring teams, and that was just too much to battle back from. He missed out on the playoffs last year very undeservingly, and if he misses out on the playoffs again this year, it will again be very undeservingly. He has, he's got a, I, I like his team much better than mine. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's what sucks about fantasy football Hang in there, Dan. I feel very bad for you, uh, but you've got a you've got you've got a team that can make a push. Uh, just gotta just gotta keep plugging away. I don't really know what else to say. It's just been it's been brutal for him the last two seasons. Well, let's move on to some sunshine because the next the next and final matchup was the matchup of the week, ladies and gentlemen. And ladies and gentlemen, the two best teams in the league. What? Wow. Wow. That is that is a huge compliment. I did not expect <laughs> you to say that. Well, uh to to be clear, you are you the two of you are statistically, legitimately, the two is high the two highest scoring teams in the league. So congratulations to you. Go, wow. Golf clap. Wow. Yeah. Justin Justin is the highest scoring team in the league and you are the second highest scoring team in the league. And somehow it's a pretty big gap. I mean, you guys have over two thousand points more than Kyle, than Dad, and then and and Louis. And we're both three and five. And you're both three and five. Fantasy football, ladies and gentlemen. Fantasy football. <laughs> Fantasy so, football. But hey, that's why we love it. I mean, yeah, is that why we love it? But anyway, no. you were absolutely right. Sorry, I cut you off. Matchup of the week. You took him down fifteen thousand seven hundred eighty-six. He he put up a, an extremely valiant effort of fourteen thousand three hundred ninety-eight. Uh, it came. It was. I mean, at one point during the Monday night game, you were up by one hundred and twenty-eight points. And then, yeah. uh, very fortunately for you, New England got a strip sack, which gave you a little bit of cushion. But then Edelman got a few more catches, and then it was back up to like a hundred or two hundred point lead. And then the pick six was the absolute nail in the coffin for Justin. And uh, just tremendously, tremendously good luck for you. Finally, your luck is starting to turn around. I mean, you're you're forcing the issue with your with your massive weeks. Uh, but yeah. you are also having some luck on your side. And that's great. You've got to be feeling, I mean, you're only 3-5. and five, But like I said, you're the second highest scoring team in the league, only behind Justin. Excellent stream play Andrew with Andrew Luck, 23-36. You are the quarterback whisperer. Marvin Jones Jr. with 27-20, his game of the year by far. Joe Mixon going nuts with 27-30. Kareem Hunt with a down week of 17-10. Yeah, and, dude, very disappointing. And Christian McCaffrey with 
1960, a great game from him against a, a tremendous run defense in Baltimore. And then yeah. uh, New England with the big uh, 2650. I told you during the week, you made New England your number one waiver priority. And that is such a big dick move. You're going for, you know you need wins. You know that there is a high probability that New England absolutely destroys Buffalo. And so you, you say, after the positional players, I want this defense. You took them. And my God, did it pay dividends. Yeah, I, uh, you know, you're going up against the Bills. You're going up against Derek Anderson. You knew, you knew that, you knew a pick six was going to happen. And you didn't. <laughs> I had, I had no idea the stat that they said at the end of the game. Yeah. That was New England's first pick six in 40 games. Yeah, I, that seems, I, that, that doesn't make it. seems impossible. There, that it does seem impossible. There's something about that stat that is wrong. There's no way because, that stat's correct because New England has absolutely gotten to pick six in the last three years, right? They have to have right. There's they have to have. So we'll move on from that. Uh, I, I mean, those were the. Christian McCaffrey, like you pointed out, that was the big one for me. I didn't expect him to put up that performance against the the Ravens, so that was huge. And then Marvin Jones Jr., my goodness. Are you – should I be worried about Alshon, or was that just a Jacksonville thing? And then, you know, we're both dealing with Green Bay guys. What are your thoughts with Randall Cobb for me? The I think you know the answer to this. Alshon Jeffrey, that was absolutely a Jacksonville thing. Uh, I didn't see any of the game, but I'm assuming Ramsey was on him. That would make the most sense. And, yeah, tremendous pass defense overall for Jacksonville. Zach Ertz, I got really lucky. We didn't really talk about Zach Ertz. I got really lucky with him. He got a late touchdown. Before that, he was having an abysmal game. So it was just it was just a one-week thing. I still love Alshon Jeffrey. So you're fine there. Randall Cobb, honestly, the 600 points, very encouraging. Uh, if he... I love Randall Cobb, and the, my problem with him is his health. If he stays healthy, I think you can absolutely depend on Randall Cobb for your wide receiver three. I think absolutely. It's going to be because when healthy, it's Devontae Adams, and I, I'm hoping it's going to be Geronimo Allison, but Randall Cobb and Aaron Rodgers have been together for so long. Aaron Rodgers loves him, and he's just a super dependable guy for Aaron Rodgers. So if he stays healthy... I think you could potentially have gotten a gem off the waiver wire in Cobb. Had we more bench spots, I definitely would have held on to Cobb, but it was just I couldn't afford it. So, yeah, no, I think, you know, it's just, it's such a week-to-week thing, right? It's like you've got such an abysmal wide receiver core. But, you know, if Marvin Jones Jr. can do this more often, I mean, Jack, you're you're so poised right now, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. I, I've been telling you, you are so poised to just go on a tear. Your team has been putting up points galore. <laughs> and <laughs> if you keep, if you keep, if the luck stays on your side, as far as like, you just don't play anyone with, you know, you don't have the second most points and you end up playing the person with the most yeah. points for the week. And pending injury. Yes. And it's pending, always, that's always such a big thing in fantasy it's, football. It's huge. I mean, you're talking about Dan's team. I Dan, Dan, that Tyreek Hill injury might be the the dagger to Dan's season. Yeah, which is really unfortunate. I hope to God it's not, but you're you're not wrong there. But I mean, dude, I said it, 
after we drafted, what did I say? If I couldn't have my team, whose team did I want? Mine. And you're not biased at all. You were correct about that, dude. I, you look really good right now. Here's the thing. Yeah, go ahead. In the draft, it's really, really hard to regret drafting Joe Mixon. I know. But I think I have to yeah. because the immediate pick after was Adam Thielen. But I I just am so – that's the pick for me that I just I, – I lose sleep over because I'm so solid at running back, but can you imagine if I had Adam Thielen? I mean, I don't know. It, no, so I told you right, – right, we talked about that. I told you that you should have drafted Adam Thielen. Uh, but, yeah, it's hard to regret it when, when Mixon has been so good for you. But, yeah, no, it obviously would be really nice for you to have Adam Thielen. Um, Barner doing nothing on my bench. Valdez Scantling, I mentioned him earlier in the episode. Can I play him? Or, I mean, I'm playing Cobb over him, right? Or am I? I don't know. I still think, yes, you're playing Cobb over him. Let's not overreact. I, obviously, Valdez Scantling has, has definitely earned playing time, and he will be running routes. Cobb's going to get more targets. That's I think, is a guarantee. Uh, so I think you need to see more. If, potentially, if Scantling has actually surpassed Allison as their deep threat, I, definitely. But I think you got to give that a few more weeks before you can start Scantling confidently. Unless you're in a pinch, then you play both. But I don't think you play Scantling over Cobb. Not yet. Um, and then you said that... I just wanted to point out something here. You said that the pick after uh, Joe Mixon was Adam Thielen. That is, that is incorrect. Kyle actually took Derek Henry <laughs> with the next pick. Excellent third round pick by Kyle. Uh, he took he took Thielen in the fourth on the wraparound. So oh, so it was right. It, before it was right me. before. I was gonna. Dude, I was gonna take. Can Thielen. you even imagine if dude, if you had also gotten Kyle, Thielen? Oh <laughs> and you know what? I think Kyle was like, ah, I don't know, and I was like, dude, you weren't sure, or I don't remember. Maybe I'm, I might be making that up. I don't even say that, but. Point regardless, yeah, I was so close to also having Adam Thielen on my team. But yeah, so, uh, no, yeah, you should have taken Thielen, but you knew Mixon was going to be, You listen, credit to you, I didn't think Joe Mixon was going to be this good. I didn't think Cincinnati was going to be this good, but they look great. Mixon looks great. So it's still a great draft pick. Uh, you could never have expected this from Thielen. I knew Thielen was going to be good, but no one could have expected this because he's doing unprecedented things but we've spent so much time on your team deservedly so but i want to get over to justin's because you look great right now and i think a great draft justin looks great as well uh start dissecting his team and i'll i'll uh i'll follow you let me dissect it with my scalpel with my with my word scalpel travis kelsey great draft pick by justin we all mocked him but scott was the idiot for choosing gronk we all saw that injury coming, Scott. <clears throat> um, no, not really. Gronk, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from him rest of the season. I don't know. Question marks there. A lot of question marks around him. No question marks about Travis Kelsey. Second best tight end in the league behind Zach Ertz. Latavius Murray with a huge week for Justin. Got a touchdown, 56 yards. I mean, 1,800. Huge for Latavius, I guess. But no, the last three weeks, he's been right around that 2,000 mark. Really impressive. Justin's got to keep riding that until Delvin Cook comes back. Mm-hmm. But Mel- Melvin, Marlon Mack, uh, I don't know. Is he going to keep this up? He can't. I mean, 3,000 week followed up by a 2,790 week. He can't keep this up. But, I mean, they're going into a bye, and then he plays Jacksonville, Tennessee, 
Miami, Jacksonville, Houston. So Colts have a really tough schedule coming up. I I don't know. Justin's wide receivers, I think, are his his definite strength here, but his running backs are still looking a little weak. Yeah, I mean, sure, sure. That's a that's a fair take. I mean, his his wide receivers are definitely the strength, right? Antonio Brown has been on fire. Puts up another twenty two forty. We mentioned he's the wide receiver four in the on the year. Edelman, since he's been back, has been a thousand or more. He gets sixteen hundred this week. Edelman is going to be very, a very very good wide receiver two or three rest of the season. And then you just wait. I'm pretty sure Cooper Cup is going to be coming back next week. Uh, Sean McVay said that in a, if it was a must-win, like a playoff game, Cooper Cup would have played this week, but they're just being extra cautious with him. So if he comes back, that completes his awesome wide receiving core. You talked about Kelsey being a top two tight end. Marlon Mack is not going to keep this up. But right now, uh, obviously he's on a bye, so that sucks. But I, you start him after the bye and hope he can, you know, obviously not this. Because it was a two tremendous matchups for Mac, And like you mentioned, the matchups aren't nearly as good after the bye. But you still play him and you absolutely keep playing Murray until Dalvin Cook comes back. So that while the running backs are still his weak spot, it's not nearly as weak as it was prior to those two waiver wire pickups of Mac and Murray for Justin, because before that, it was absolutely abysmal. So he did a great job at least stemming the bleeding for now, and now you just hope that the two of them can somehow keep this up. Yeah, I just, I have to say this, and I I don't mean to be a broken record, but, I mean, his team would be a whole lot better right now if he had Lamar Miller. And that's just... Really, really unfortunate that he dropped him and Deontay Foreman, for all we know, might not be back this season. Yeah, it, uh, right. I don't want to harp on it anymore. He knows how I feel about that. Uh, it is unfortunate because Lamar Miller in the last two weeks has looked really, really good. Um, so that's not great. And you're right, his team would be better. Uh, but there's no point in dwelling on the past. It's a mistake he made. Hopefully he learns from it. And uh, you just move forward. I'm moving forward. Keep nice. Kitsy ghost. Love it. Me. Well, man, I mean, I, I think we're looking at the two best teams in the league. You said it best yourself, so we can I uh, mean, statistically speaking, that. they are but, the two best teams. But, dude, halfway through the season, that's all You know, that's all the matchups, so we'll be done in a, in a minute or two. But I just want to ask, halfway through the season, you're yeah, looking man. at the league, you're looking at the records. How, how are you feeling, man? Are you... Gearing up for this playoff race here? Are you excited to see what happens? I mean, that, this this is what I love. What I love about our league is the fact that now I I get the arguments for both, but you know, six versus eight playoff spots, right? You do six, you reward the two best teams with the buy, uh, and you you weed out some of the mediocre teams. But right now, one through twelve is technically like. Anyone could miss the playoffs. Now, I don't think the top any of the top three teams will miss the playoffs, but anyone could miss the playoffs, and very, very realistically, anyone can make the playoffs. Even Scott at three and five in dead last can make the playoffs, and that I just it's it's fun. Everyone stay you know can stay paying attention for longer, and it's just it's really exciting. I'm I'm. Very excited. We're halfway through the season, but only five games left in the regular season. 
So really great. The top five teams, the top five teams in the standings, or the top four teams in the standings this week lost. Talk about evening out the league. Yeah, the top four teams did lose. Um, so yeah, the top now the top four teams are all five and three. Then we got another four teams that are four and four, and then we got another four teams that are three and five. So there is some absolute symmetry going on uh, in the league right now, and uh, yeah, it's going to be really exciting. I, I, uh, I'm very excited. Uh, I mean, I, I would assume you're excited as well, dude. It's it's insane how even it is. It's insane, <laughs> and it speaks to the the competitiveness of our league. And just want to give a thank you to everyone for keeping up, you know, it's staying on top of it. I know we grill a few people sometimes like Greg or I don't know, Scott on occasion, but f- almost always people are making the moves they need to Every, you know, other, some people are more active than others and that's fine. But everyone in our league is, is in it to win it and they're paying attention and they're making the moves they need to, to put their teams in the best position to win. And it just makes it so much more fun. I love how even it is and competitive it is. And you know, it's what fantasy football is all about. So I'm, I'm excited that we've got such a great 12-team league, and I love all 12 of us. <laughs> yeah, no, I, very, very well said. I, I, love, I love your points about, about everyone paying attention. That's so huge. I just When everyone's invested and everyone's having fun and everyone's competing, it just makes for a really good time. And I just pulled up next week's matchups, and the great news for, all of the th- for keeping everything competitive is is that there are no three and five teams facing each other. Nice. So no one, it's potential, there's potential for no one dropping to three and six. Uh, Dude, all 12 teams are going to be five and four and four and five after this week. Let me see. Is that possible? Hold on. <laughs> yes. 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 Dude, let's do it. Yes, dude. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh this, all right, Anna's got to beat me. Scott's got to beat Louis. Six and six. Drew's got to be Brian. Dan's got to be Drew. Uh, Greg has to beat Kyle, and you have to beat Dad. <laughs> Dude, that would be so legendary. That would be all right. Well, we'll leave you with that, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Please continue writing in emails unless you're Kyle. And yeah, we just we love all of you. We respect all of you. And please join us next week and every week as we continue and will forever with you and always. Let's talk fantasy football. (laughs) No, anything else, Tommy? I'll close this out. No. uh, Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, This was a lot of fun to record this week. Really good week. Uh, Feeling really good. Uh, I love our league. So thanks. Let's talk fantasy football. Apologies for uh, running a little late this week. <laughs> Sorry for running long. We really tried to cut it back. You're pissed. I honestly shouldn't have said anything clearly, so we can we can move on from this. And Anna will certainly edit this awkwardness out of the podcast because it is uncomfortable how angry we are at each other. <laughs>